Greetings from Rick Bonfim Ministries. My name is Pastor Kyung Kim, and I am journeying with you with my teaching series called The Trappings of This World. We are journeying toward the return of Christ. And see, that's our ultimate prize, right? And the goal is that we want to be found justified and sanctified. In other words, we want to be found faithful to the call as the people of God. Amen? Amen. So, we've been talking about the trappings of this world. And the scripture warns us to avoid these trappings. And we've been warned about being deceived by the riches or the pride of riches, consumed by worries, and also the lust for pleasures. All those things can entrap us from our journey, staying and walking with God. Now the main passage that we've been looking at, Mark chapter 4, uh, verse, uh, starting with verses 16 and 17. Actually, this is the next one. These are the ones sown on rocky ground. When they hear the word, they immediately receive it with joy. But they have no root and endure only for a while. Then when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. He says, when they hear the word, they immediately receive it with joy. Right? That sounds good. Immediately receive it with joy. But then, they immediately fall away when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word. See, trouble or persecution, troubles or trials, can entrap us and has entrapped many of those who began the journey. See, like the scripture says here, the word is sown, right? And they receive it with joy. Sounds like, yay! Whoever heard the word recognized that it's the good news, it's the gospel. They respond. And many of us think, Yay, great. And yes, we should celebrate, right? But then what happens? Next, uh, when the trouble or trials arises, they fall away. Many have done that. Many have fallen from the walk because of the trials, because of the troubles. Back in 2014, a movie came out called God's Not Dead. And it became a big hit, especially among the Christians. And they, I mean, the Christians finally thought, hey, we got a movie that we can actually watch. And there were some big name actors in it. So, uh, But the story of the movie is like this. That a, a philosophy professor at a college declares that God is dead. And has all his students signed a statement saying God is dead. So that he doesn't have to cover that unit, that section, and just move on. 
which he called it a just waste of time to do that. Now, one student out of whole class refuses to sign. So he was given a task to prove in front of the whole class that God's not dead. Now, of course, if he fails to do so, then he will fail the class. So he's risking a lot. He was a good student too. He's risking a lot to defend his position of God's not dead. Now at the close uh, to the end of the movie, storyline kind of reveals why the professor took the position that God's uh, that God is dead. See, actually, he was born in a Christian home. He grew up in a Christian faith as a young boy. But his mother became ill. And as a young boy, growing up in a Christian faith, he prayed, prayed and prayed, thinking that God would heal. But then she died. He concluded that God took everything away from him as a young boy. Because God took everything away from him as a young boy. And even though he prayed, he believed, he decided that it was better to believe that God is dead. See, as a young boy, he had no root. And the trouble was too much for him to bear. How can a loving God allow such troubles or persecutions, trials? See, these are still the questions that many ask. And many who begin the journey drop out of this race, drop out of this journey because of troubles and persecutions. See, things get tough. And it's not worth it anymore. John chapter 6, verse 60, says like this. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? See, Jesus was talking about things that were difficult to understand. So what, right? Well, a few verses later, verse 66, because of this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. Things got hard, and they decided that it was not worth following Jesus. Many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed Jesus? Because of difficult teaching? Well, maybe. Right? Let me give you a quick view of John chapter 6. See, John chapter 6 begins like this. It's in verse 1. After this, Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd kept following him. See, large crowd kept following him because... They saw the signs that he was doing for the sick. So people were after Jesus because of what? Healing. 
people were getting what they needed from Jesus. And they were following Him. They kept following Him and Jesus had them sit down and gave them food to eat from five loaves and bread. Five loaves of bread and two fish. That's in John chapter 6. That's how the story goes. People ate to full. And then, of course, the twelve baskets of leftovers were gathered. Verse 14. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they began to say, This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. We're talking about the sign, which was food at this point. So, the signs that they saw so far, Jesus healed many, right? Jesus healed people. And then, Jesus fed people. Physical fulfillment. People are people were getting what they needed and what they desired. Now, Verse 15, when Jesus realized that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. There was a a, a mountain by himself. See, there was a lot for people to gain physically by making him their king, obviously. By making him king, as you can see, Jesus would heal people. Jesus would provide I mean, who would have to work anymore, right? If Jesus can come up with all the food that you want to eat with just one boy's lunch. Why were thousands of people following him? Their physical wants and their physical needs. And then, what he, and then Jesus is trying to teach them about the bread of heaven. And that he was the bread of life. See, he just fed them physical bread. And now he began to teach about the bread from heaven. And that he was the bread of life. So it wasn't just about physical fulfillment anymore. But he began to teach about eternal life. And the people began to grumble and complain. What now? People began to grumble and complain? Verse 66. That's where it comes. Many of his disciples. Now, let me make it clear. We're not talking about the twelve. In the Gospel of John, they make it, uh, there's a differentiation between the twelve and the disciples. We're talking about the disciples in general, all who followed him at this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. See, when it was about the signs, healing and feeding, they were all about following him. And when it became about the one that the signs were pointing to, it became too hard. And they turned back. See, they were, what they were doing was this. They were really following the signs and not following the one 
the who the signs were pointing to. There's a difference, right? And that's what I want to ask all of us today. Are we following Jesus? Or are we just after the signs of Jesus? Are we following Jesus no matter what? Or are we just wanting the benefits of following Jesus? Because if we're just about, if we, all we care about the benefits, if the benefits are gone, the journey is not worth it anymore. See, if we are following Jesus, we fix our eyes on Him, right? Then we will follow Him no matter what the troubles, trials, persecutions we may face. Because it's not about the signs, it's about Jesus. Wherever He goes, we will go. Even through the cross. But if we are only about the signs of Jesus, then what do we do? If we are only after the signs of Jesus, there is no reason to follow Him once we get what we wanted. Jesus saved me from this trouble. And the grace of God comes to you. And you are saved. And then what? Is it worth following Him anymore? See, I'm not saying that the physical needs and the fulfillments aren't important. Because if those were not important, then Jesus would not have healed the sick, right? And Jesus would not have fed the thousands. So those were important. God cares. God cares about you. God cares about your soul. God cares about your minds. God cares about your thoughts. God cares about you physically as well. God cares. But, those were the signs that, that pointed to Jesus as God's Son, the Savior, and the Lord. And if we miss that, then we come short of what God had intended for us. See, the signs are like the appetizers that get us going. But then our eternal life through Jesus Christ is the main dish that we cannot ignore. So again, the question, are we after the signs or the one that the signs are pointing to? If we are after the signs, the troubles and the persecutions and the trials are viewed as rejections of faith and obstacles. God must not love me. Oh, the troubles. Why why troubles? Aren't isn't uh, only good thing supposed to happen to me now? Isn't this supposed to be just a smooth sailing from here on? 
since I trust Jesus? See, that's only because we're after the signs. If we're after the signs, troubles, trials, and persecutions are viewed as rejections of faith and obstacles. But if we are after the one who the signs are pointing to, the troubles and persecutions are viewed as approval of our faith and valued in our growth. See how the troubles, trials, and the persecutions are viewed differently and play out differently depending on how, uh, depending on whether we are after Jesus or the signs. If we are after Jesus, the troubles and persecutions are viewed as approval of our faith and valued in our growth. And the scriptures prove that. Matthew chapter 5. See, troubles and the trials show that you are blessed. Matthew chapter 5 verse 10 through 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of Jesus saying, You are blessed. And when you face troubles, persecutions, trials, you are blessed, my friends. Now, John chapter 16 shows that troubles, trials, and the persecutions are opportunities to experience God's peace and in His power. John chapter 16, verse 33. I have said this to you, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you face persecution. But take courage. I have conquered the world. See, the troubles and the persecutions and the trials are the opportunities to experience God deeper and stronger. Because we can take courage. We don't, I mean, we, we can take courage that we didn't even know that we had. Why? Because of faith in Jesus Christ. Because we are so fixed on Him. Not the signs, but Him. Now, I love First Peter passage. First Peter chapter 1, starting with verse 6. In this, in this, is saying, by His great mercy, He has given us a new birth into living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You rejoice, even if you now, for a, while, a little while, you have had to suffer various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, being more precious than gold, that though perishable, is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Basically, Peter is saying, our faith is refined and strengthened by 
troubles and persecutions. Refined. See, we didn't know what kind of faith we had. Okay? The trials, troubles, persecutions test us and refine us. Take away all this uh, selfish things that were kind of mixed with the faith have been taken out by the test of our faith. The troubles and the trials. See, the troubles and the trials are not a bad things. It's necessity. It's necessary part of our journey of faith. I mean, who doesn't go through any of trials? Then maybe we need to question ourselves. <laughs> Is my faith genuine? Because, think about it. We are so focused on Jesus and our goal is to be found by Jesus who comes back, who returns, right? His, his second coming. And we want to be found faithful by Him. And who is against that? Right? Who is against that? The enemy. Satan is against that. You think Satan is going to just sit back? So and so is being faithful, and I'm just going to watch him to see how he lives out his faith. See, Job was so faithful to God, right? And Satan, did Satan just sit there and, and applaud Job for his faith? No. He was like, he accused Job that, hey, he's only faithful because he got all this wealth. So God said, okay, test him. Troubles came, right? Trials came. Persecutions. Satan will bring troubles and persecutions. Now, I'm not saying that Satan will be the only one. Troubles, persecutions happen in many different ways. Our selfish desires get in the way. This world that we live here is a broken world, right? In the broken world, things that are broken happens all the time. We fall into temptations and trials as well. But regardless, troubles, persecutions, trials happen but God uses those, regardless of how, what the source is, God uses those to refine our faith, to make it pure, so that we can reach to that day of Him coming back. And we'll be found faithful. Now, We can either get entangled by the troubles and persecutions or trials, or we can go deeper with Jesus Christ and our faith being refined. But if we are chasing after the signs, that's going to be hard to do that. If we are chasing after Jesus, 
who He is as the Savior and the Lord, then we would understand that the troubles and persecutions would actually strengthen us and build us up in our faith and trust. But if we are only chasing after the signs of His goodness, then the troubles and persecutions would be the hindrance and the roadblocks of our journey. And many have dropped out on this journey because of that. So do you want to follow Jesus? And whatever happens on this journey, all the way to the kingdom? See, may God bless our broken roads. The roads that are filled with troubles, trials, persecutions. But point us to know the one who has given us new life as the children of God. And I think many of you can say, my roads have been filled with brokenness. And so has mine. My journey has been filled with many broken roads of troubles and trials. And I'll be honest, completely honest, some of the deepest pains on this journey came from the churches. I felt rejected by some of the churches that I've actually served. And there were many moments that I wanted to give up. Especially this call of ministry. I've said it before. I'm done. But thank God for the grace of God and His healing power, His healing touch, His gentleness to my soul that restored me and brought me into a new journey. And it was through those troubled times that I actually learned to trust God. And the biggest lesson, humility. Humble myself before Him. I got to say, God truly blessed the broken roads of my life so that I would know Him better. And that my faith was refined especially my call to the work of God call to the ministry was really purified because I'll be honest you cannot serve God and the money right is that happening in the ministry world serve both God and the money I think in the early years, that definitely was a part of me. And I'm not afraid anymore. Troubles, trials, temptations, persecutions. All these are part of this journey in the broken world. If we are after the signs benefits from knowing Jesus, these troubles 
become our roadblocks. But if we are focused on Jesus, if we're after Jesus, then these refine our faith. And God said, you are blessed. When we go with Jesus, we'll go through the valleys. We'll go through the darkness. We'll go through even the moments of death like Jesus. But there's a great joy because what comes after death is the resurrection. So my friends, even if you are going through the darkest times, some of the most painful broken rows in your life, Take courage. This journey is worth it. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And let's make it together to the day that He comes back in His glory. We'll all be in there praising God, giving Him honor and glory that He deserves as He finds us faithful the call. So Lord, encourage my brothers and sisters that are out there, the troubles that we face because of your name is truly an approval that we belong to you and that we are your children. Encourage us, set our eyes on you and you alone. Not to the signs, but to you, the one the signs are pointing to. Refine our faith through this journey because our desire is that we will be found faithful, pure, and holy on the day of your returning. Thank you, O God. We praise you in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Rosa de Sharon, queima a impureza do meu ser.